Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. What happens when you decide that the well-laid-out plans that you had and the life that you were living is no longer the one that felt really good to you? My guest today is Sana Akand, and she had a six-figure job. She was living a successful married life in New York, and she decided that she was unfulfilled, and she wanted to create a life based on what truly made her happy and what felt authentic rather than external validation. So we're diving into doing the unexpected, ditching the good girl, and living an authentic life. This conversation is so good. So let's jump in. Sana, welcome. Hi, Renee. Thanks for having me. All right. So today we're going to have a fun conversation about doing the unexpected. And I know you have made a lot of decisions in your life from arrangements with your marriage to where you lived to, you know, quitting a six-figure job. And I want to dive into all of that. But let's start with, was there a defining moment for you? Was there a light bulb moment that where you said, you know what? Like I'm not, I'm not, something's, something's missing. I'm unfulfilled. Like, can you bring us back to where you were and what was happening in your life? Yeah. I feel like every time I've made a major life changing decision, it was because of a moment where I felt unfulfilled in some aspect. So for instance, when I quit my corporate job, it was financial freedom where I thought about it and I was like, if I even hit all of my dreams of being an executive at a corporate company, I'm maybe capping out at like 500K max, like if I'm really, really lucky and like maybe 200K if we're being realistic. And to me, I was, that was just very limiting. Like how am I supposed to have all the dreams and achieve all the things that I want, have the multiple homes and the vacations and this and that and the lifestyle that I truly wanted to live. Um, So that was my aha moment then when I actually crunched the numbers and I was like, wait, I think I'm wasting a lot of time building someone else's dream and not my own. Um, And that's when I didn't have a plan of like how I was going to do the things that I was going to do, but I knew that what I was doing at the moment wasn't it. And I was willing to take that leap into the unknown to figure it out. And then it was the same thing with my marriage. When we decided to live apart together, I was there was nothing necessarily wrong with our relationship, but it felt like a lot of my mental, emotional energy was going towards making sure he's fed, making sure our household is clean, and just the whole everyday mundane mental load that women carry subconsciously just because it's our role in society to handle these things. And I thought about it again, long-term. And I'm like, do I want this forever? And and the answer was no. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I knew the life that I was living in that moment was just not it. So for those who are like, wait, what? She, She didn't get divorced. No. Can you just explain what the together but living apart is? Yeah. So it's a movement. It's becoming more and more common and popular amongst people here in America, but it has been going on in Europe for 
generations where people choose to stay in a very monogamous, committed relationship and choose to be life partners, but they just have their own homes. They live in their own place and they get to decorate it however they want. They get to live the life how they want to while knowing and having that security and safety that you're in a very beautiful, committed relationship. So what does that look like? Like weekends, are you coming together and spending time? Is someone packing a bag? Are you like, is it your place or mine oh, this man. weekend? Oh man, that was the worst part of it. So we're actually living together again now in LA. We did the cross country move. And again, that was because in New York, I was like, I don't want to be in the hustle culture 24-7. So yeah, um, I forgot to add that part with more of the life changes that we've made. But yeah, we lived 15 minutes away from each other in New York City. I was in Upper East Side. He was in Upper West. We had Central Park in the middle for our date nights and all of our little picnics. And every weekend, I, Friday would come and I would pack my bag and go to his place because his place was nicer than mine. I had like a totally cute little studio that like was not like tiny, tiny, tiny. And yeah, it was amazing. We spent all of our weekends together. And during the week, I, like Sunday, he would walk me back to my apartment. And then I would do my own thing, get my week ready for myself or like my emotional, mental, physical, spiritual life, Monday to Thursday, and then Friday to Sunday, we would spend together. How long did you guys do that for? Eight months. And did you have people who were like, what are you doing? That's weird. Like, did you have people opinionated, well-intended people share their views on that? I love that you say well-intended people because it's so true, right? It's like you're you're triggering this like fear inside of them and they project that onto you and they say, what if he find someone else? What if, you know, he cheats on you, this and that. And I'm just like, I feel so confused that they would choose to be with a life partner that they don't have that respect and safety in their relationship. And it really made me think about, like, I didn't even think people are like that fearful that their partner is going to be, you know, you know, they're going to cheat or anything like that. It, it was coming from a very good place, but I realized that it was their own insecurities that they were projecting. And I just told them like, and I think when I, when I actually didn't tell anyone for a while, to be honest. So I was fearful that people would think that there's trouble in paradise, that we are separating or anything like that. But then there was this part of me in my gut that was like, it's time to share it. And I posted the TikTok video that ended up going viral. And then all these publications published our story. And that I think I kind of needed that to have that security to know that what we're doing is the right thing to do for us. How long were you married before you, because did you live together and then split apart? No, I'm not yeah. saying split apart, then move apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were married for six and a half years and then we decided to do this and our eight year anniversary is coming up. Wow. And now you're back yeah. living together. So, yeah. all right, you made that, that unconventional decision. You also left the safety of a really stable job. When you did that, did you have something you were leaping towards or was it just a leap and let me see where the heck I land? It was more desperation and it was complete 
body burnout exhaustion. It like my body was literally shutting down. I was not even there came a moment where I ended up having to go to the hospital to be like, what the hell's going on with my body? And um I realized that it was burnout and exhaustion because I was doing the same thing every single day, you know, waking up early, commuting into work, working at a soul sucking job that I hated that was, so I I was in human resources and I was in charge of bridging the gap between executives and the rest of the company. And the executives obviously wanted to increase bottom line in any way, shape or form to make the investors happy. And they were like, okay, where can we cut costs for the employees to, you know, have more profits? And I hated it. I hated to have to think about like, what can we take away from people that are giving up their time and their energy and their own freedom to make you money. And then you're going to take away their benefits. So, um, I think doing that job really made me uncomfortable physically in my body. And I had to leave that industry because if I kept going, I would have completely lost myself, I think. And I would have ended up like, you know what they say, like sell your soul to the devil just for the sake Mm -hmm. of money, blah, blah, blah. So I had no plan. And we just ended up traveling the world for a year. Like we booked a one-way ticket to Mexico. Um, And then we lived in Mexico for three months. My husband was working remote at the time. So we were able to just be like, all right, you know what? We can't live in New York on on one income. So let's live somewhere else. And we didn't really know what the plan was, but we did Mexico first because we got married in Mexico. So Mexico is like near and dear to our hearts. Did that for three months, went to Europe for three months, and then Southeast Asia until the rest of the year until we came back. That's amazing. And so did you have people being like, well, that's irresponsible? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, like, especially my (laughs) aunt, who is a VP at Goldman Sachs. I remember she was like, what are you doing? You're this is going to set you back in your career 10 years. Like, yeah, it sounds all fun with like, you know, the idea of it. But in practicality and actuality, like this is going to set you back in your career. And I said, good. Like, let me f- take a pause and figure out if I'm even in the career that I want to be in. Why waste even more time in a career that may not even be what I want to do? Let me just go figure out who I am and what I want. Oh, I love that. Because how many, like, how how conditioned are we to state, like, color within the lines, do what we're supposed to do, you get married, you, you know, a house in the suburbs, you get the house, exactly. you like, you do all of the things that we think we're supposed to be doing. And Mm -hmm. if you veer off course, then it's like, oh, something's wrong with you rather than like, congratulations for listening to yourself or like we're as a society, we don't say that. We don't say congratulations. Have you realized, Renee, though, when you do it at first, everybody is coming out of the woodworks to say that you're crazy. But then when they see the transformation and they see how blissfully happy you are, that's when they come and say, how did you do it? Can you tell me how you did it too? Because I want it. I want that too. Or and it, yeah, it switches. And and like, or you get to the point where you're like, I just don't care. Like, I don't care what their opinions are. I of don't me. care. Yeah, I yeah. don't care then. I don't care now. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just living my life for me. I am the only one that I have to answer to when I'm 80 years old. And I ask myself, did I live the life that I wanted to live? Or am I going to have to like, live with the consequences of that 
on my deathbed. Like that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And the safe life. Did you, you know, you climb the corporate ladder and the bigger income. Does that matter at the end? I mean, when you go on, when you're thinking about your life, right? When you're 80, are you sitting there thinking about all the money that you have, all the material possessions that you have, all the things that you have? Or are you thinking about the memories that you built, the impact that you had on people, the love that you shared amongst all the people that you have in your life? Like, those are the memories I want to build. Those are the things that fulfill me. That's what I care about more than just, yeah, I had the white picket fence and the big house in the burbs and the boat on the lake. Like, no. I mean, I want those things too, but I... <laughs> you just, just want to get them your way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm not trying to sit here and like, you know, live off right. on a farm, right. which nothing wrong with that either, but I am very ambitious. I poured my heart, my soul, and even tears into writing a book that is a love letter to every woman I know. She Who Wins the Book is for every woman who is told to smile, to quiet down, and to shrink themselves into their smallest version. It's for every woman who's trying to figure out what's next. It's for every woman who thinks this is as good as it gets. She Who Wins is for the good girl within who is ready to become the fierce female fighting to get out. She Who Wins is now available for pre-order. Visit shewhowinsbook.com for exclusive free bonuses when you order now. Okay, so then you came back from traveling, which is incredible that you did that. And now you moved to LA. What, what was there people that you knew over there? Like what brought you from East Coast to West Coast? Well, my husband did get scouted and he got a job that was based out of LA, but it was remote. So we didn't have to move, but we came here for a week because his company was like doing this whole event. And we fell in love with like the sunshine, the weather, the easy pace of life, like the idea of having a car to like go (laughs) buy whatever you want. Like in New York, we had a car, but it's not like you could just like drive to Target and get whatever you want. Like it's so different in New York City versus LA. And I feel like it was LA is the perfect bridge between that suburban life that we were craving, but also the city life that we didn't want to give up. And mm, I mean, the sunshine, just the sunshine. That's all you had Honestly. to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So what are you doing now? So I'm actually working on launching a new company. So I have Friendship Club, which is a community in New York City that helps people make connections outside of professional networking. And now I'm working on building a private collective for creative entrepreneurs who are looking to be thought leaders, who want to build that confidence and stability to share their wisdom with the world. Oh, talk more about this. Share more. Yeah. So I'm launching it March 1st, aligned with Women's History Month, and we're going to hopefully do a big campaign around it. Um, But I think that the biggest reason I believe that I lived apart from my husband was because I didn't feel powerful as an independent woman that I knew I was, but I wasn't embodying it. And I think that when I lived apart, my biggest mission was to build up my own inner confidence. And I think that as women, we put so much in other people and try to like 
help our family and our friends and our community and this and that, which is so amazing. And that's an amazing thing that women do. But if we are not feeling powerful and confident in ourselves, we're depleting our energy and you're going to get burnt out. So what I want to do is create a safe space for women to build up their confidence and fill up their own cups and have peer-to-peer support and feel like they're not alone in the struggles that they have so that they can find the tools and resources that they need to now show up as their most powerful, abundant, confident selves in their world. What do you think is happening? Why this is, there's such a need for this. Like, why are women not showing up powerfully? Because I see it too in the community that the woman that I help and as a divorce lawyer, I see it a lot mm-hmm. when, when clients totally. come in. Like what, in your experience or your opinion, what do you think is happening and why women are getting to this point where they feel that way? I think that women are inherently wanting to be good people. And our society has told us that good equals selfless. It equals giving, giving, giving in, in in the most way that you can. Like I grew up being told that a good woman is a good wife, a good mother, a good daughter, a good sister, etc. Um, I was never told that we need to build ourselves up in order to be able to give to others. And I think that society is really in this pivotal shift right now with, you know, I think that we are being activated by, you know, these abortion rights being taken away and all the things that are happening in Syria and all the things that are happening all over the world. And we're realizing that we thought that we were getting empowered by being able to work and make money and this and that. And we've been operating as equals with the masculine energy, but when in reality, women are not the same way as men. We can't operate that same way. Like we need to be able to, you know, be on our 28 day cycle, not our 24 hour cycle and, you know, process and receive and rest and replenish so that we can show up as our most powerful selves. And I think we're learning how to be women for the first time in society. Oh my God. I love that part, part, a portion of the subtitle of my book that comes out this year is ditch the good girl. And so there's this whole like concept (sighs) of like, I mean, I grew up in that, that era too, where you do all of like, you know, I mean, my idea of like being, uh, breaking rules is like driving with my gas tank on empty. Like I, you know, I followed all of the rules and it was like, what did, what did that get you? Like it doesn't get you living a happy, joyful, fulfilled life. Like it gets you burnt out. And I see it with my friends too. I see them trying to people please and be totally selfless for their kids and they're exhausted and burnt out. And it makes, you know, it's heartbreaking. And I always tell my clients that that are mothers and I say, think about like the person that you want your kid to look up to? Do you want them to give up their wants and their likes and their desires to make other people happy? You have to embody the person that you want your kids to look up to. And that starts with, you know, pouring into yourself and they see that and they're like, oh, mom loves to take baths. And she says, don't bother me. Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I think that for whatever reason, we are, have been raised to think that if we're not, if we're doing something for ourselves or taking the time or going on the girls weekend or yeah. going on vacation without them, then we're not being a good parent or we're being selfish. And 
it's not the case. Like I see even my own son and what I've shared with him and the, in how, what he's watched me on my entrepreneurship journey. And sometimes it's like, I can't make this thing because here's what's happening. Um, yeah. And, you know, now he's of the age, he's, he's looking at colleges and he's like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I understand what it takes. And like the, so it's like our kids are watching, you know, yeah. our kids are watching. That's amazing. Like what an um, incredible role model are you being for your kids because you're not settling for less? Well, I hope so. I'm sure a therapist will unpack all of that at some point <laughs> in his life. <laughs> Whatever. That's a, a different conversation. So you talk about um, having a sole purpose. So what does mm. that mean to you? To me, it is what you're passionate about, what you could get paid for, and what the world needs right now. When you can bring those three pieces together in one little pretty little package, I believe that's your sole purpose. Hmm. So, and it's interesting because one without the other, like having a passion without actually getting paid or getting paid that's without having a, a passion. That's just like a hobby. And then right. when you are doing the work, but you don't have the passion, that's just something that that's your career. But then when you have all three together, that's your sole purpose. Do you off the top of your head, I'm putting you on the spot. Can you think of anyone, um, like out there who you immediately comes to mind of someone like, okay, she embodies having a sole purpose and making money off of it and speaking passionately. Like for me, I think of Jamie Curran Lima, you know, like here's mm. someone who has a career that's made a shit ton of money, but also is truly like serving and helping women. Do you know Lindsay Shorts? I think she does like yeah. powerhouse women. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's someone that really embodies like being mm -hmm. in her purpose. Yeah. And yeah, I think that there's very few celebrities, I feel like, that are in that space. But someone that really speaks out to me, I think it's like Selena Gomez, who risked her entire career in order to speak out on mental health. And now she has, you know, Wondermind that she's working on and all these other projects that I think she's really starting to embody that sole purpose. Mm. And you think about how that could have gone the opposite, like had she oh, yeah. let the shame kind of guide her or keep her quiet. I mean, Britney Spears, like we have so many examples of women who are too fearful of speaking out. And honestly, that's what I want my platform to do. Like my community, I want it to empower women to use their voice. Like you are allowed to speak out. Like the world needs you to share your truth and your wisdom because then it gives other people permission to start having those difficult conversations that people are fearful to have. So what is your truth? Ch choose freedom. You, it doesn't just pop up in your life. You have to actively want it and work towards it and choose it every single day. And like trusting your intuition above all. Like there's going to be moments where you meet people and they're going to be like making you feel icky in some ways. And that's your intuition telling you like, no, speak up, speak up, speak up. And I just, I'm, I, I just want to be that example. I want to inspire people to just like be so rooted in your truth, even if it goes against societal, cultural, traditional norms in a kind way. <laughs> Absolutely. And like the other thing is that I think that 
when you find, like there are so many supportive women around who would be cheering your truth on. So find those right people, like your community that you're creating. Totally. Because the, the naysayers, your friends, your family, the people who like you love and have yeah. a place in your life, but they don't get what you're trying to do. They may not be the people you turn to, to have a support system for that. And honestly, I think it's like kind of the worst thing you could do. Because there's so many moments where I have these brilliant ideas and I share them with my husband who has who's so well-intentioned, but he doesn't get it. And then it makes me doubt myself. And then I stop and I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't the right idea. And like all that self-doubt, like we're all so self-critical of ourselves and like all this stuff. We need to like eliminate all of that as much as possible and find a safe space to like build it up versus like tear it down. It's so true. Like, I love my husband to death and he's a huge supporter, but the She Who Wins Summit almost didn't happen because of him. Wow. And the first year I had the idea and I shared it with them and he's like, that's amazing, but maybe like another year because you're kind of busy. And it had me See? doubting myself. And it's so well-intentioned because he doesn't want you spreading yourself too thin and he wants you to like do it in like the safest way possible. My husband's the same way. He's like, are yeah. you sure? Like, he tries to like protect me from taking these leaps because he's he loves me. He wants me to be safe. He wants me he wants to protect me like a man loves to do. And I'm just like, "Thank you so much, honey. Just be there when I freaking fail and fall because I'm still going to go do this." Right. Right. Because it's like if you don't do it and try and fail and try again, like you'll always regret not going for it. You always wonder. You'll always wonder. And I'd rather live a life full of failures than regret, honestly. <laughs> like that's more uh, fun for me. <laughs> so much more fun. I agree with you because it's all you, you always think like if I didn't try if I didn't try, like what's the worst that can happen? Like really, what's yeah. the worst? But what's the most amazing thing that can happen because of this? So Totally. All right, girl. So you are coming to join us at the She Who Wins Summit. You're yeah. on a panel for a lively discussion called The Modern Feminist. Love it. So we're going to get, I'm excited for it because that word brings up like people have such like gut reactions to the word. And I that's just when you know you're doing like, something right. When you stir yeah. up those reactions in people. Yeah. Like I, we're going to stir, like that was the whole point. I'm like, what, what can we stir up? Like, what can we have? What conversation that's really going to like be controversial and have different opinions and get a lively conversation. And I think that might be it. <laughs> so yeah, especially because all of us have our own ways of showing up too. And we all have these like, you know, ways that we're raised and limiting beliefs and like traditional mm -hmm. things that we actually really, really cherish. And we should like, protect some of them if that's really important to you. Like for me, like, you know, cooking for my husband is something that I freaking love to do. But then there's women out there that are like, absolutely not. Like he can worry about his own food and that's their prerogative too. Like it's just like creating space for all of our thoughts yeah. and ex experiences to coexist. You, you just called me out. I hate cooking. <laughs> so <laughs> my husband cooks for me. <laughs> but yes. I love that. See, we all have our own things and that's so beautiful. <laughs> All right. So Sana, before my final question for you is where can people find you? How can they follow you and connect with you? Yeah, I, my Instagram is the best place to find me and connect with me. DM me. I love talking to people in my DMs. Um, my Instagram handle is Sana Akand. It's just my full name. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about my community, you can 
sign up for my newsletter on my website, sanaakan.com, and we should be launching soon. And I'm really, really Yay. excited. <laughs> what, what's the name of the community? So I'm playing with Shakti Society. So Shakti is like the goddess. So yeah. it's going to be like unleash your inner goddess mm-hmm. and shine your light. Oh, I'm here for all the goddess vibes. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So final question is, what does winning mean to you? Winning means being the most authentic you, you can be unapologetically. I think that can really show up in your career, in your relationships, in your life every single day. And if you're happy and rooted in your happiness, that's winning. Sounds like a win to me as well. All right, girl, I will I will see you soon in real life. Thank you so much for taking yes. this time and, and sharing your journey with us. So much fun. Thanks, Renee. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. <laughs>